0: Sound Prints Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prints is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushival. I'm your host
1: for this week's magazine. Welcome to Sound Prints for January 14th, 2024. My name is Natalie Couch, and I will be your host for today's show. We hope that everyone has had a happy new year and that 2024 is progressing well for you so far. This year, we hope to bring you lots of exciting news and topics that you will find interesting. Food and cooking are topics that most people do find interesting, and there is a lot of talk about recipes. So on last week's Roundabout, which is sponsored by the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind. We heard from Jeannie Johnson, who does a community call called It's Electric, and she discussed various electrical appliances and gave recipes, and everyone, I believe, um, had a very educational experience. We will turn it over to Debbie Dethridge on page two to hear more about this call.
0: Sound Prince is heard 12 times each week on ACB Media 1. Listen there by using the ACB Link app on your phone or on your Alexa device by asking her to open ACB Media and then choosing number 1 when prompted. We're heard at 8 p.m. Sunday, 8 a.m. Monday, 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Tuesday, 4 a.m. and 4 p.m. on Wednesday, 10 p.m. on Thursday and 1 a.m., 10 a.m., and 1 p.m. on Friday. You can also listen to sound prints on your Victor Reader Stream by searching for sound prints in the Victor Stream database. Find sound in the list of podcasts in the ACB Link app. Just download the app to your iPhone, open it, and choose podcasts from the menu. Scroll down the list to find sound prints. Listen anytime, 24 hours a day, on the KCB Information Line by calling 773-572-6318. Be sure to check the opening menu for available shows. We have also begun posting some shows from the recent past in addition to the most recent show. For more information about sound prints, comment on a recent show or make a suggestion for a future topic or to receive a free subscription on CD playable on your standard CD player, call KCB at 502-895-4598. Page
2: 2. Well, so Debbie, you want to introduce our speaker tonight?
0: Sure. We are
2: pleased to have Jeannie Johnson from Nashville, Tennessee. She has a show on um, ACB Community called "It's Electric," and we talk about um, she talks about small appliances and people have questions about small appliances or if they're looking for something or if something's accessible or it's not. And I don't get to it very often, but um, I always have a good time uh, when I do go to it, So, uh, and she does that on the first and third Wednesday at 7 p.m., and so uh, Jeannie, welcome to uh, Roundabout, and we're all excited about having you. So, thank you very much. I'm very glad to be here, and I know a few of you because you have been on the call, and then, of course, Debbie Green, she has kind of a... Personality. Part of it's here in Tennessee and part of it's in Kentucky. So, anyway, <laughs> so I get to enjoy her every other week. But anyway, um, so I think I'll start out, although several of you know me and several of you don't, I think I'll start out by just telling you a little bit of my story. I am totally blind. I was a premature baby, and that means that I've always been blind. I never had any vision. And I lived in a family where I was actually raised by my grandparents, and my grandmother was an awesome cook. Oh, my goodness. She was of Italian descent. She could make those wonderful Italian dishes, and just anything that she cooked, except for scalloped potatoes that went into my mouth, was just awesome. Um, I was just telling my husband and a friend the other day that one time I brought back them You know, the kids didn't get to go home every weekend from the residential school, so if they had permission from their parents, we could bring them home with us. And one weekend, I brought home two or three friends because they were going to have some sort of track meet or wrestling thing or something at the school, and they wanted to get some beds empty. And my grandmother, among other things, fixed scalloped potatoes, and none of us liked them and even the dog wouldn't eat them. But that's an aside. I hadn't planned on telling that one, but anyway. Um, But she was an awesome cook, and I always hoped that one day I would be able to cook as well as she did. So I'm in high school, and I'm going to home ec classes, and I'm scared of the heat. When the stove comes on, that heat comes up, and it's like, oh, and I'd back away. And Then when I opened the oven and the heat rolled out, that would really scare me. And, and I was getting very depressed thinking I would never be able to cook. And when I had to do my senior meal, they were going to, you know, the teacher said, you can put the biscuits in the oven. And I opened the oven and then I kind of stepped back and then I took one step forward and two steps back. Obviously I was not getting closer to the oven. And finally she who was evidently well-versed in home economics, but not in teaching people who were blind, said, and she was older, too. I say that, but now I'm older than she was, said, well, we'll just let one of the sighted people put the biscuits in today. We don't have time to wait. The oven had come up to temperature. So I I really felt doomed. I really thought I was never going to be able to cook. But in college one summer, a girlfriend and I decided to go to summer school, And we got an apartment. And she had always had a helping personality when she was in high school. She was a candy striper every summer. That was kind of like a care partner at a hospital. And so she said, well, yeah, we'll room together. And she said, I'll teach you how to cook. And I'm thinking, yeah, right. So she was very insightful. I remember when she first was going to teach me how to use the oven, she said, okay, it's cold, it hasn't been around for a long time, I want you to look at it, feel all over it, see what's on top, see what's in the middle, see what's on the bottom, and as I did, of course, she explained each thing in detail, and, you know, at the bottom, she said, this is the thing that gets hot when you put it on bake, and, you know, then I had my racks and, and the upper element, so... Things were progressing. She first had me practice putting things in the oven cold, and then she would gradually turn up the heat and have me practice putting things in the oven. And we'd weight them down a little, as if there were really something in the pan. You know, we'd put a couple of cans in there or something. Anyway, finally we got up to 350 degrees, which is pretty typical for most things. For those who may not be experienced cooks, um, sometimes you go higher. And one night she said, well, let's bake a cake. And I said, okay. And and this was way back before we had our iPhones. Um, This was like in 1973, summer of 73. So there are probably some of you who weren't even born then. But anyway. (laughs) Um, So...
1: We we made the
2: cake, and she told me the directions, and I did everything, and she's like, okay, now put it in the oven, and I did, and when it was time to get it out, she said, okay, get it out of the oven, and I was probably a little slow, but I got it out, and there was another day shortly after that where she said, let's make a cake, and I said, okay, I was getting good at this, right, so, and it wasn't really helping our young figures, but hey, um, so we made the cake, and I put it in the oven, and about 10 minutes later, she said, well, I've got to go. I've got a meeting at 2 o'clock or whatever time it was. And I went, oh. And she said, what? And I said, the cake. When are you going to be back? She said, I want a couple of hours. I said, the, the cake. And she said, well, either you'll get it out or it'll burn. And she left. And I've been it ever since. So that, that's my little short story about how I got started um unfortunately now i'm told i'm a good cook and i guess i am because i um snagged a guy who wouldn't have married someone that couldn't cook i don't think and i eat my own cooking and i'm really having to work to lose weight so there you go but um i love cooking and back in 2017 no 2018 that fall I was with some friends and we went to Costco and she she and I both loved to shop for kitchen stuff and she said, Oh, Jeannie, they have Instant Pots on sale. And I'm thinking, Well, yeah, I've heard of an Instant Pot. I've never seen one or used one, but, you know, that's like the big trend. So I went ahead and brought, bought one and came home and took it out of the box and started looking at it and it had all these buttons. I didn't even count them. I mean, it had like, four or five rows of buttons, and some of them went all the way to the top, and some only part. And I thought, what am I going to do with this? I was totally overwhelmed. And, and so it was a table ornament for a couple of months because <laughs> I didn't want to put it back in the box, you know. <laughs> and then a friend uh, said, well, I heard this podcast the other day where a couple of people who are blind were using their Instant pots. So she sent me the link to it, and I listened to it, and I thought, maybe, maybe I could use it. And then I eventually had my husband tell me what the buttons said, you know, what was written on them. And, and I wrote it down in Braille, but I still wasn't totally sure that I could use an Instant Pot. So that December, I started watching YouTube videos about the Instant Pot. And I'm here to tell you, there are so many good people on YouTube that talk about the Instant Pot. It started building up my confidence. I'm going, yeah, you know, I might be able to do this. So my goal was to start using it in the year 2019. And I normally don't make New Year's resolutions. But on New Year's Day, with the help of YouTube and some books that were available through Bookshare, and having listened to a couple of podcasts, I made my first Instant Pot dish, and it was and in the Instant Pot. So from, and the first time I did it, I thought, well, this sounds a little funny because it was making kind of a, and I thought, is this supposed to be doing that? But then I thought, well, the old pressure cooker that I used to use on the stove, you know, it kind of went, So maybe it's supposed to do this. Well, there are lots of Facebook groups, and I had joined some. That was another way that I started learning about it. And I asked, and they said, no, if you were hearing noise, steam was escaping. So I, and I think that was true because the hop and jam was a little dry, and the next time before I heated it up, I added a little more water. But after that, I started using the Instant Pot correctly and I've been using it ever since. Some would say I'm obsessed with it. And I may be because <laughs> it's made cooking so easy. It, it just, it's wonderful. And then a few months later, I started learning to use an air fryer. The first one I had was a standalone air fryer. And by this time, I had added a second Instant Pot to my collection. And there were all these YouTube groups well, I mean, not YouTube groups, Facebook groups, where there would be posts, and some of them would say, oh, yes, for lunch, I made such and such, and they'd have the recipe and all. But then there were others where, guess what they had? An image, and I'm sitting here going, okay, what did you have for lunch that was so wonderful? And I didn't really know. So finally, it took me a while, but in December of 2019, I started a new Facebook group, it's not new anymore, and we're almost up to 500 members. You know, if some of you who are not members decide to join, you might get us over the 500 mark, but it's called ALL, A-L-L, TEXT, T-E-X-T, Small Kitchen Electrics. So it's not specifically associated with ACB or TCB, but it's for the benefit of people who are blind but you don't have to be blind to be in the group. I my stepdaughter is in the group and some other friends of mine are in the group. All text small kitchen electrics. We share recipes, people ask questions about different small kitchen electrical appliances. We talk about some whether certain models are or are not accessible. All these different things that people who are blind or visually impaired would want to know about small kitchen electrics without the pictures and without things being in text. So I invite all of you to join that group, all text, small kitchen electrics, and maybe we'll get over 500. So the group has been going on since then. If you look back at archived files, you'll find recipes, and um, we don't actually have it in a file format. You just have to go back to previous posts. Uh, At one point, someone who is smarter than I volunteered to do that part of it, and it never quite happened, but that's okay. I won't name the person, and that person was a very busy person. So I'm not criticizing or anything like that, but I don't know how to do it myself. So anyway, there are lots of recipes on there as well as lots of other information. So in March of, uh, I guess it was 2020, maybe it was April or May, but it was shortly after the community started, um, Lynn Coates decided that she wanted to do a call on, I think it was the Instant Pot. There was the Instant Pot and the air fryer. So anyway, I went into, and I don't remember if I volunteered to help facilitate or what, But anyway, it turned out that I think she decided that I probably had even a little more knowledge and suggested that I do the group, and so I was willing to do that, and It's Electric was born. And we used to meet every other week, and then uh, they changed it several months ago. Um, It's Electric meets on the first and third Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and then For those of you who are interested in recipes, Sheila Young has her recipe swap on the second and fourth Wednesday of every month, usually. And then, in months that have a fifth Wednesday, like this month, and I haven't talked to Sheila yet, but probably, we have It's Electric Meets Recipe Swap, where on those nights, people submit recipes that specifically use a small kitchen electric appliance. So that's... That's the main criteria. We don't pick a certain theme like it doesn't have to be appetizers or breakfast or whatever, but it has to use a small kitchen electric appliance. And I will bet that everybody on this call has at least one small kitchen electric appliance in your house. They're very helpful to all of us and those of us who have them and realize that really appreciate it. Uh, If you have a coffee maker that you don't have to put on the stove you you have a small kitchen electric appliance if you have a microwave if you have the regular toaster where you put the bread in and it pops up and all of a sudden instead of being soft it's toasty these are all electric appliances and they have things that are available from very simple or you may even have an electric can opener i don't know to very complex or more complex and and your more complex things, like the air fryer and the instant pot, um, they have a learning curve, but, but they're accessible if you get the right model and they're easy to do. And I've just had great fun with it, and I, I think I've kind of gotten a reputation for uh, being one who is really into these things. It's things become a hobby, and it's one that I really enjoy. So I'm going to stop talking for a minute, and if anyone has any questions, I'd be glad to take questions. If you want me to talk about a specific item, I can do that. I kind of want to leave it to what y'all want. Uh, If you're interested in any recipes at some point, we can talk about some of those. And so let's just see where you want to go with this. But whether you're a newbie, a beginner, or experienced, hopefully I have something that will benefit you. Okay, Mitch.
1: Great call! <laughs> I found an air fryer brand. PowerTech something pro air fryer. I can't pronounce the last part of it. The brand, it has buttons all over the place. Of an you know, air
2: fryer?
1: Yeah, like one for fish and a whole bunch of different buttons.
2: Okay. Well, there, there are lots of different designs of air fryers. Do y'all want me to talk about that? That'd be
1: good.
2: Okay, there are some air fryers um, and air fryer ovens that have knobs. There are others that have buttons. There are others that have touch screens. Uh, Some are more accessible than others. A lot of us prefer the ones with the knobs because they're very easy to operate. Uh, There are some that... Also, will operate with Alexa. I personally shy away from those because they're good as long as the app. If you need to use one, is good, and as long as the network. If you have to be on one, is good, or as long as your Wi-Fi is good. Um, but I, and, and they are um, operable if your network goes out, for example, or if your phone isn't charged. Um, but if it's a touch screen, depending on how sensitive the touch is, it might not be as accessible if you have to circumvent uh, the voice commands and, and operate it that way. So that's just my personal opinion. I know a lot of people have a brand called Kasori that operates with Alexa, and they really like the kasori air fryers and air fryer ovens. They, I think they have both that are voice-enabled uh, with Alexa. Um, A lot of us have the Cuisinart TOA-60, which has now been replaced with the TOA-70. It's an air fryer convection toaster oven, so it does lots of different things. And I really like it when appliances do lots of different things um, because we're all limited on counter space. Even if we have a nice kitchen, we're still limited. And you you know, if you have lots of stuff out there, it's going to look more cluttered, too. But if you And if you have a tiny apartment, you're going to want things that are going to serve several purposes. So, so several of us like the TOA-60 or the TOA-70 made by Cuisinart. If you need a smaller air fryer oven, Cuisinart has the TOA-28, which is a smaller version. The bigger one will hold six slices of bread for toasting. The TOA 28 only holds four slices, and they may not be making it much anymore. I was looking today for an update, and it was a little harder to find. The TOA 26, I believe, is the digital model, and in the bigger one, the TOA 65 is the digital model, and and those are menu-driven where they have buttons and You have to know how many times to push the button for whatever you want it for. So I personally prefer the knobs. Uh, There was an air fryer from QVC that had buttons that went around in a big circle. And, you know, a lot of companies, they'll make for one, like they might make for QVC, but they might make for another brand as well. So it may be out there somewhere under another brand name. I don't know, but I've had people say it was very accessible. However, QVC doesn't carry that one anymore. What I recommend to people, like evidently Mitch is in the market for an air fryer, and what I recommend is try to go to one or two or three stores that actually have air fryers on display, find out what the model is, see how big it is, see how the buttons are positioned and how they work, and you don't have to necessarily get it from that store, of course if they have the best price, sure, why not? But find you know, be sure you know what model it is when you find one you like and then go home and if you want to order it online you can do that. But if you just want to buy it from the store and have that instant gratification, do that. And I'm sure in Bakersfield and probably in Louisville, there are plenty of stores where you can actually go and browse and, and look at the appliances. In in your more rural areas, it might be more difficult, but that's what I recommend to people. Also, if you want to look at the manual ahead of time, ahead of time for most but not all appliances, you can usually now find an accessible manual online. Not always. Um, some of you may know that, I think it was a little over a year ago, Sheila Young bought an air fryer at an ACB auction that was from QVC. It turned out it had a touch screen. She was trying to find a manual on it and never did. I tried to help her too. Anyway, we never found a manual on it. QVC didn't have a manual for it, so they're not always there, but most of the time they are. Uh, And it does pay to look ahead of time. I ordered an Instant Pot. It wasn't an Instant Pot, but it was what they call a multi-cooker that's the generic name that had the pressure cooking uh feature to it and i was excited about it i had found it through a lady on youtube it was called the cuckoo or cuckoo or something like that anyway it talked and i'm like oh yay it talks and it wasn't until after i had ordered it and started looking at the manual i found out that A, it didn't say everything that we would need it to say, and B, there were certain things like pasta that it said not to cook in it because if there was any starch from the pasta, it could block the hole where the steam came out, and it was set up so that you didn't time things. When it thought it was done, then it would just release the steam. Anyway, I did get it, but I did send it back. So so it pays to kind of do your homework in some cases. Um, so, any questions or comments? Yeah, Jeannie, I have this uh-huh. is Carla. I have a question about the different styles of cars okay. You know, there's some that have the racks and the you know, it has I think like a door on the front. Uh-huh. And then there's some that like open it comes out and you have to reach down into it. Do you have a preference? On um, the standalone air fryers I like the ones where the you pull the whole drawer, it's like a drawer and you pull it out toward the front on the standalone. And I like baskets probably better than racks just because if there's not enough of a ledge at the edge of the rack it might be hard to keep things from falling off. But it doesn't have to be a deep basket, which is one reason I like the ovens so much. The baskets are more shallow, and most—not all—but most things that you cook in the air fryer, the recipe will say put it in a single layer. So if you're putting it in a single layer, you don't need a basket that's four inches deep, unless you're doing like little turkeys or something like that. And so that—that's my preference. But on the standalone air fryers, I like the ones where it pulls out like a drawer. And then there is a little button where you can separate the basket from the outer part where any excess oil or something like that would fall. Because one of the things about the air fryer, too, is we're trying to eat healthier when we use the air fryer instead of doing the deep frying. So we want to get rid of of as much oil as we can. But a lot of times when you're going to air fry something, it'll say to spritz it with oil. And that just means spray a little oil on it. And then put your spices and all that good stuff, and they'll stick and and if there is any extra oil, it goes down into the tray or the part that's under the basket. Did that answer it, Carla? Yes,
1: this is Dean.
2: I'm getting ready to buy a new microwave. Uh-huh. And I, I want to know if you know of any microwaves, a brand or something that doesn't have the little, three triangle thing underneath with the wheels on it that make the turntable roll <laughs> oh i'm so with you i hate those things and, and ours has it i i'm not sure you probably just have to maybe go to a few stores and check them out or another source that y'all have and i don't know if you know about this or not is if you're if they have it on amazon and that doesn't mean you have to buy it from there But if they have it on Amazon, or if you want to look at different ones from Amazon, you can call 888-283-1678, 888-283-1678, that is their line for customers with disabilities, and I have had very good, I call them not every day or not even every week, but When I do call them to ask them questions, whether it's something about a kitchen electrical appliance or a color of yarn that's available or whatever, they're all, generally they're so helpful. So I really encourage you to use that resource, and um, they might be able to help you. But I am right there with you. Our, Our current microwave does have that. Now, we did have a Sharp, I think it was, before this one. And as I recall, it did not have that. So you might want to check the sharps and see if if they have that or not. But no, that little thing is aggravating. I'm right there with you. My last sharp did have it, but have it, but I just can't. It's hard to find. And we went to Best Buy and looked, and we looked at every microwave, and they go, oh, well, it's just easy to line it up. No, it isn't. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> I'm with you. Maybe it's easier if you can see because... I'm sure it is. My, yeah, it is. But my, my son doesn't have any trouble. But it's just I just don't want one if I can find one without it. So I get you. I totally understand. And right. yet you want it to be able to turn so your food will... Oh, absolutely. Dirty. Yeah. Gotcha. No. Sorry I wasn't more help there. That's <laughs> I, okay. At least you know what I'm talking about. I absolutely do because my husband can do it and I can't. i just stand there and say all kinds of words that I better not say in church, you know. Your TOA 60, um, is it pretty easy? I know I've I've had some toaster ovens in the past where, you know, they just dial when you try to adjust the temperature and if you kind of know where your 350 is or whatever. But do you find the dials um, fairly easy to use, you know, because you're not a – it's sort of – you know, you're kind of guessing – that it's about 350, but, you know, you're not sure exactly where it, you know, is, and is there a way to mark that? There, there is a way, but it's already kind of marked. On each knob, um, near one edge, there's like a little tiny hole or indentation that you can feel, and that's the, kind of the top that I use to, but on, for the um, temperature, when that knob is straight up and down then that's about 350, and that's where I cook almost everything in my TOA 60. Now, my husband, he'll turn it back a little. He makes biscuits every week. He makes them in the big oven because it won't hold a pan that's a 9 by 13 or bigger. So he makes them in the big oven, but then every morning at breakfast time, he heats one up in the air fryer, and so he turns the temperature back a little bit from there but that straight up and down um, is 350 on the TOA 60. And for the timer, um, and it varies, but when you turn the knob so that little place that I'm talking about is at, say, um, two on the clock, that's like 10 after, and that's about 10 minutes. Three is about 15 minutes, but when I set the timer, I always tell Lady A to set a timer, and that way it's exact. Oh, yeah, we we do that, too. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> And then
2: there there are clicks between the modes, of course. All the way to the left, you have um, keep warm, and then you have broil, and then convection broil, and then toast, and then bake, and convection bake, and air fry. And it clicks from one to another. It's right. It's not a loose knob. And then on the very right, you have the knob, which is the timer for the toaster. And you have to be sure that the mode knob is set on toast, or else the toaster knob will just click away, but you won't get any heat unless it's set on toast if you're trying to toast something. But it's very easy to operate, and I haven't had to put any special marks on it. I just know how to position the knobs. Do you have other... Favorite, um, or uh, maybe not so favorite, uh, mm-hmm. small electrics for you, in your kitchen besides the um, yeah, and, air fryer yeah. and the Instant
0: Pot. Tell yeah. us about some of your Okay, favorites. I'm
2: actually going to talk about that. Yeah, because, um, so for those of you, I don't know how much you know about the Instant Pot, but the Instant Pot does several things. You can make yogurt with it which is really good and really easy. There are recipes for what is called cold start yogurt, so you don't have to worry about bringing it up to a certain temperature and all that. And they do work well. But the one thing that the Instant Pot doesn't do well, in fact, the Instant Pot brand is one of the worst for this, is the slow cooking feature. The slow cooking in the Instant Pot is the pits. And quite frankly, when I had made roasts in the Instant Pot and did them under the pressure cook setting, although I followed directions, I still wasn't quite as pleased. So I'm very glad that I never threw out or never re-gifted or gave away my slow cookers because um, there are just certain things like my pot roast. I do my pot roast in my slow cooker. My corned beef and cabbage, yum, yum, St. Patrick's Day is coming up. Don't know why we always wait till that day when you can do it any day of the year, but I do my corned beef and cabbage in my slow cooker. I've tried both of them in the Instant Pot, and I wasn't happy with the results, although I did not do them on slow cook in the Instant Pot because I've heard and read that the slow cooker feature on the Instant Pot just isn't very good. So... Um, I love those. Um, I also have a food processor that I really like. It's very easy to put together um, and it will, you know, make everything as little as you want it or you can also grate things and slice things. It is a Hamilton Beach. Cuisinart and Hamilton Beach are two of my favorite um, appliance makers. The Hamilton Beach um, food processor that I have is a seven cup, and that's plenty big for anything that I need to do. The Hamilton Beach seven cup is HB seven zero seven four zero. It's very easy to put together. You can't put it together wrong. Uh, I guess if you like forced it and broke it, maybe you could, but otherwise you can't. And then I have a three and a half cup food processor. And it's it's good for things like chopping up nuts or onions or whatever. And you can make salsa with it and those kinds of things. But it doesn't have a grater and a slicer. And it is HB72850. HB72850. So I really do like both of those. And the little one, you just stack everything and then you press on one side. But again, it goes together a certain way and otherwise it won't go together. Um, the Cuisinart, I also have a contact grill, the Cuisinart Griddler. Uh, if you don't know what a contact grill is, I remember when I first learned about a contact grill, I was so excited because basically you heat it up, you put your grilled cheese sandwich or your burgers or whatever it is on the grill, you close it so it's kind of like making a sandwich with your food in the middle and and it cooks it on both sides at the same time so you don't have to turn it over. So when I first discovered that, I thought that was really great. Of course, the one that got the most uh, publicity probably was the George Foreman Grill. Unfortunately, those have improved from the original model, uh, but I like that too. I have a Ninja blender that I occasionally use. Don't use it very often and it's kind of cool. It's, it's not your grandmother's blender. And some of you may have this already and say, well, yeah. But it's one where you put the ingredients in the cup or the glass, although it's plastic. At least mine is plastic. And then you put the top on, but the blades are on the underside of the top. So you put the top on, and then you turn it upside down and just push, and it works. Anyway, it's, it's pretty cool. But probably my Instant Pot, my air fryer, and my slow cooker are my favorite things. Um, I'm not a big coffee drinker, although I do have a little, uh, what I call a Keurig wannabe. It does the single cut portions, but it's made by a company called Chulux, spelled C-H-U-L-U-X. So. So those would be my favorites, Carla. I've, we've been through so many contact grills over the. Oh years. really? Oh my gosh! But I think it's just a wonderful appliance for a blind person. I do too. You, yeah, you can do all this stuff on it, and um, you know, you don't have to have you don't have to have a lot of you know you don't need a, a bunch of um, uh, you know your your mitts and all this stuff just. Cook on it, you know, yeah, yeah, and um so it, you can sometimes have so much junk around you know a spatula for this and a, a turner for that, and, yeah, and, um, oh gosh, one time, cheeating, I don't know if you remember, but years ago, in the um in in one of the holiday auctions, we had a talking spatula, oh no, no, I don't remember that, <laughs> it was insane and. <laughs> but you know, you can just kind of go overboard with some of the stuff. Yeah. But um, but I mean, you know, we don't own a toaster because you can make great toast on your contact grill. A lot of people, like you say, that the George Foreman had the big was the big name, but you know, their grease catcher is just terrible. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Cause it's not attached,
0: and you can knock it off easy, and
2: it doesn't. Make yeah, and even happy. now yeah they've tried to do improvements but still it's not attached yeah cuisinarts they're in the back and you can't possibly knock them out you know right have an accident with them it's uh debbie again oh. and the the contact grill uh kind of like probably carla's had those are like you can adjust the height on them can't you generally yeah they they have okay. what they call a floating hinge so if it's a real thin sandwich it'll come down on it or if it's a Thicker sandwich like a panini, it'll adjust for that. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, yeah, mine and, is that yeah
0: and in all your books
2: with those grills, they tell you to heat up your plates first and then put your food in. And I never Oh wow. No, I don't either. For those of us yes. who are blind, that makes it harder. So it's like just yes. add a couple and more minutes think. to the cooking, you know? Right, right. And people think they have to heat it up before they yeah, before they cook on it, mm-hmm. you don't. You just put the food on mm-hmm. and then turn it on, and it'll cook just fine. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. But on this one we have now, you turn you turn the you know the knob on the right, and it it you know turns the thing on, and then you set your temperature, and it's got temper temperatures in print on the knobs, but. Um, if you want to cook something, you just turn your knob so it's straight up, and that's yeah. about 300, 350, and yep. you don't have. To, that, that's what I like about the contact grill. You don't have to be perfect. No. Well, I'm the same with the air fryers. You don't have to be perfect.
0: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't work on that long enough to become. Perfect. <laughs>
2: Well, now you at least I need wonder- to get it out of the box so it'll be a table ornament for a little while before you start using it, like I did with the Instant right. Pot. <laughs> yeah, right now it's a doorstop, but, you know. Oh, well, there you go. It changes roll. Hey, I wanted to say one thing about your. Um, I'm glad you talked about the, um, uh-huh. um, the food processor. Uh-huh. I think it is one of the greatest, I think it's a really great appliance for a blind person. Um, I mean the counter, the you know the the countertop um, blenders and mixers and all that stuff. The stand mixers they're all good, but I really like that food processor. I don't use mine much because mm-hmm. I don't do as much baking and stuff as I used to. But um, I, I had one I bought back in the '80s. It was a Cuisinart, and I used it and used it and used it. And its its claim to fame, all these years, was making deviled eggs, mm. and and Kendall's on here and he hates deviled eggs, but he <laughs> hasn't eaten deviled eggs out of the food processor. So I know that's
1: why. Uh, yeah, they, they, <laughs> it, it it made great deviled eggs. I will. Uh, yes. This is Bill. I will I will testify about the deviled eggs. <laughs> So, I've never
2: used my food processor to make deviled eggs. You'll have to give me your recipe. Oh, you can make the most wonderful deviled eggs in the food processor. Wow. Well, anyway, about two years ago, Thanksgiving came along, and we were going over for our family dinner at Thanksgiving, and I get the food processor out. The eggs are all done. The yolks are in the process, and it broke.
1: Oh. And
2: I don't even own a mixer, you know, and... So, um, or a blender, because if I really need something like that, I use the food processor. <laughs> so this old food processor decided it, that was the day to bite the dirt, and um, and and so I I said, well, I have to bring these parts because I can't fix them at home. So but earlier this year, uh, earlier last year, um, the uh, they called up and they said, uh, "You need to order a new food processor."
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and I was no, I mean, was deviled eggs. And they said, "Well, you need to order this food processor." And I said, "I do them once a year. You still need to order the food processor." And they're cheap now, so so I got the food processor. And the one I bought now, I think, I think it's another. It may be another Cuisinart. Um, but you're right. You cannot put them together wrong. Right. You, you can't cut yourself on them unless you pick the, the blade up incorrectly. Okay, go ahead with your question.
1: What's your take on talking microwaves?
2: Well, well you know, not everything fits everyone. Um, my take is I know Braille, and I get these labels from the Braille Superstore. They're called braille container labels, (laughs) nice original name, and the braille holds up on them really well. Uh, When you get them, they're flat, so it's not like Dymo tape where it's gonna pop off because it's trying to roll up on you all the time. And I just put braille on my microwave. So if you use braille, um, that would work fine instead of having to get a talking microwave. Also, Panasonic makes some microwaves that have buttons. So, again, you wouldn't need a talking microwave because you could just learn where the buttons are. So I guess my take is the talking microwaves are really expensive, probably convenient, but I'd probably rather spend that much money on something else. So, but if you I've need it, you have the money, go for it. I think they're $300-something. dollars.
1: Yeah.
2: So thank you. You're welcome. They're in the they're in the two to three hundred dollar range. Yeah, so I just, I bought mine. Actually, I got mine the day the it, it actually showed up on my front porch. the The day that um, the we started the 2019 KCB state convention.
1: Oh, I was wow. hoping
2: it would get here the day before.
1: Because right. I wanted
2: to take it to the convention and show it. Ah. Not that I knew how to use it, but I thought it would be cool. And um, they don't make the model I've got anymore. It was it's an Amazon. Uh, oh. Okay. And I will. And I don't know, Jeannie, I was going to ask you about. It. It's also. It also is a convection oven, and an air fryer. And I don't know how to use either part. I tried oh, wow. the convection part, and it was horrible. Uh. And I think that's because I didn't know what to do. Well, but I think there's a reason they don't make that one anymore. I think I've heard some not-so-great things about it, like just substandard air frying and that kind of thing, if it's the one yeah. that I think it is. Yeah. Um, this is Laura. Um, hey, Laura. And I have an old um, an old rival uh, crock pot, and I love it. It's, but I got it in, like, 1993, so it's mm-hmm. pretty old. It still works good. I just cooked in it last week. Wow. It's very simple, and that's one of the reasons I really like it, because there's, you know, off, um, low, and high, and that's mm-hmm. all that's on this thing. Okay? So it's wonderful. But what I wondered is, and I frankly, I haven't looked at them, um, I'd love to have a crockpot that has warm on it, and I wondered what was out there in the smaller crockpots, because I'm only one person, um, that might be good to have right now um, that would be real simple to use. Well, I'm glad you asked because that was something I planned to cover, actually. You heard me say a minute ago that I really like Cuisinart and I really like Hamilton Beach. My favorite brand of Crock-Pot, oh, and they still make some that have the knob, is Hamilton Beach. Um, I oh! Have a, I have a four-quart Hamilton Beach Crock-Pot. And I have another one. It may be a three-quart. I don't know. I bought it at an auction in October, and I haven't measured yet to see how much it holds. But I need to do that because it didn't come in the original box. Um, And then I have a big six or seven-quart. But they're all Mm -hmm. in Beach. Um, I love them. They seem to do a good job. And the control, when it's all the way to the left, is off. The next one is warm. The next one, as you go to the right, is low, and the last one is high. And I I used to not have any problem with Crock-Pot, because I've had Crock-Pots, too. My first one was one of the round ones where you couldn't even remove the stoneware. Whoa, that's back in the Stone Ages, right? And um, Mm -hmm. I got the first book that was published in Braille for the The Mm Crock-Pot. I still have that book, but Mm -hmm. but I later got a Crock-Pot, and... It had the knob, and I'm thinking, okay, off, low, I mean, off, warm, low, high. So I was getting ready to cook something, and I put it in there, and and it was a recipe that, um, you know, I was going to cook it on high. So I turned it all the way over, and a few hours later, when it was supposed to be done, it was barely oh. warm. Well, I found oh. out we could change the arrangement. It was... Off all the way to the left, low, high, warm. Now, why they did that, I don't know. So, But on the Hamilton Beach, it's off, warm, low, high. And Hamilton Beach does a good job. Also, there's a lady named Stephanie O'Day. And in 2008, she decided she was going to do a different dinner recipe every day in the crock pot. And so she did a whole... Well, she's done a few books now, but she did a book on 365 days of slow cooking. And she also has a mailing list. You can get subscribe to her mailing list and get her emails. Um, I love her. A lot of her books are on Bookshare. For those of you who are still paying the price and paying more for Bookshare, I am because I love it and I just don't want to be without it. Um, but her name is Stephanie Oday, O apostrophe D E A, and uh, I would at least oh, advise sure. you, if you can, to subscribe to her website. Um, and I'm not sure what the name of the website is, but if you put Stephanie Oday or whatever in there, there's also another lady who calls her thing 365 Days of Crockpot. I think it is. Her name is. Um, Karen Peterson, and she also does 365 days of Instant Pot. She is one of the YouTube people that has wonderful YouTubes. She says what she's doing. She tells you exactly what she's putting in and the amounts and, and all these different things. Um, so I would highly recommend her. Uh, She has written books, but I don't think hers are available on any of the accessible sites for us. I can't remember if hers is uh, text-to-speech enabled on Kindle or not. Now, the person, if you're interested in Instant Pot, who is very flamboyant, has lots of great recipes, has probably now all four of his books on the bestseller list, is Jeffrey Eisner? He's been on Good Morning America and probably some other shows too. Um, but he has two Instant Pot cookbooks on Bard, and then all four of his Instant Pot cookbooks are on Bookshare. So, oh. and and he does lots of YouTube uh, things too. His his channel is great. So, a couple of people to check out. Also, another good. YouTube channel, these are the people that taught me, guys, Um, is Six Sisters Stuff, Six S-I-X, not the number, but S-I-X Sisters Stuff, and they do a lot of um, instant pot, and sometimes they'll do crock pot, and and a lot of these people will tell you how to make meals and then freeze them. So, recipes, all right, so some of you have slow cookers, (laughs) I know this because we already established that one of my favorite recipes on the slow cooker and I can send these to Carla or, who, or whoever wants to kind of be in charge of getting them to people but one of my favorites in the slow cooker is Hershey's nut clusters I make them every Christmas and you can make them with peanuts or whole almonds and oh they are so good And basically, it's a dump-and-go thing. You put your peanuts or almonds in the bottom, and then you put chocolate chips and Hershey bar and then almond bark or or the little baking uh, thingies, I forget what they call them now, the melts or whatever, on top, and you put your lid on. uh, Cook it on low for two hours. Stir it. If it's not quite all melty, you can cook it for another half hour. And then the harder part, and I get my husband to help me with this, is getting it out by spoonful onto wax paper. And I cover my whole stove top with wax paper and do it that way. And, um, but I'm sure you could put it also on cookie sheets, and then after it cools and hardens, break it apart. I've just not figured out how many cookie sheets I would need to do that. But anyway, those are really, 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 really good. Uh, you can make oatmeal in your slow cooker overnight, or you can make oatmeal in your instant pot. You can do uh, the old fashioned oats or the steel cut oats, and the steel cut oats are supposed to be really good for you. I don't know how many of you subscribe to the ACB Cooks mailing list, but if you do a lot of of these recipes are on there and then some of them of course are on my website or or my Facebook group you know that's on the Facebook website Um, so those are other sources I actually told a friend today I thought I was going to put together a document and call it small kitchen electric recipe flood and have that available for people who want it but um, if there are certain recipes that you're really interested I'll just Interested? I'll just give you a, a, a variety of some of the things that I would have on there if I make that document. Any other questions,
1: comments? Oh, this has been great. And uh, the group thing you were talking about, Jeannie, that's on Facebook, right?
2: Uh-huh, yes. All text, small kitchen electrics. Hey, Jeannie, it's been great. Be Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank
2: you. Oh. I enjoyed it. Thanks, everybody.
0: If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. And by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Reschival for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.